Okie dokie, folks, and welcome back here to another edition of Monday Night Shaw right here on Love Pro Wrestling or or Love Wrestling. Um, And uh, I would like to welcome my special guest today all the way from Saskatchewan. It is uh, Tony Novak. Tony, how are you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Thank you for having (laughs) me on your show, Goose. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to kill the magic, but this is the second time we've recorded this uh, opening because we ran into some serious auto audio issues uh, with the first uh, attempt there. And uh, like I say, this is only our second episode on uh, Love Wrestling, and there's a new procedure on how how these things are are done. So uh, oh, yeah. thanks for toughing it out with me, buddy. Yeah, it's all good, man. Thankfully, it wasn't too long-winded or anything, so it was fine. <laughs> no, and when we when we kicked it off, we were just about to get into the uh, you know the the old school uh, wrestler comes on a podcast, and the first question is so, so where were you trained and 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 whatnot? So you were yeah. you were telling me that you were you able to train with Lance Storm because uh, your your wife uh, made good with her her estranged father, and then they invited you to come live in Calgary for a while to train with Lance, and that's about as far as we got into the story. Yeah, so if we can just quickly mush it all together. By happenstance of my wife and her absent father, her and I ended up living in Calgary. And then right where Lance's school is, and it just worked out perfectly that way. Then a year and a a half, worked two jobs, saved up, put myself through Lance's school. And like we briefly talked about, we just barely touched on it. Lance Storm is one of the best trainers in the freaking world. Like, not only does he know what he's doing, but he's freaking hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> oh really? So, th- so those three months were a fun time, man. Like I can't, you know, say enough good things about him. And then even just being able to email him too, you know, like staying in touch with him. Like he's just that cool of a guy, that down to earth of a guy. Yeah. So he's he's really like made a mark on your career as like a mentor type thing. Very much so. Yeah. Just all around good guy. Is, do all, you all- like? Do you send him like match footage and stuff and be like, hey? uh can you critique this for me? I, I did for the first like year and he did get back to me here and there, but you know, it got a little spotty, you know, like, cause he was still running, you know, his classes here and there and he had more people reaching out to him. And then the list just kind of got long. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, you know, pester him. I didn't want to send him too much stuff. Right. Fair enough. And thankfully there's enough veterans out here in Saskatchewan to, you know, be in touch with and kind of get critiques that way. You know, not saying like everybody's on par with Lance, just saying like, you know, getting advice here and there, right? I'm kind of surprised to hear that uh, you, um, that Lance Storm has like this incredible sense of humor. Uh, like he seems like a very dry individual. Like I've heard him on podcasts and stuff and he seems like he, he does have humor, but it's kind of like you have to dig deep there to, to. It's very dry. It's a very dry Canadian sense of humor, right? And then, yeah, once he's just in class and he's pissing around, he has a good time. Like, example, all right? So you've seen me. Many people have seen me. I'm a small dude. You know, I got, like, the small frame. So <laughs> when he would show us how to safely do moves, I was the dummy. And there was this one day, this lady, she had me up for a fall away, right? This lady had me up for a fall It's a hell of a sentence, yeah. But she had me up. And Lance, uh, he was trying to explain what she was doing wrong, just grip-wise, technique-wise. And he's like, mm-hmm. dead serious. He's like, wait, um, here, hand me Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how to do it. Just hand me the thing. Hand me the Connor. Yeah. <laughs> he just, yeah, he, he just made things interesting, made it fun. Those three months flew by. And then here, get this. 
at the end of the three months, I officially graduated. I had my first match the very next day with RCW. And oh, then a okay. week later, uh, me and my wife got married. Oh, solid. Hell yeah. So it just so, a, a week, like a hell of a week, man. Just, you know, bucket list items. <laughs> when, when did you have, when was your first match? That was July, 2016. Okay. And who, who, who did you wrestle in your, in your first match? It was actually a couple of guys from my class. Okay. It was uh, a dude named Archie and then Dennis the Menace. Archie and Dennis. I don't, I, was I at this show? 2016? Um, yeah, I might've been ring announcing. I, I can't remember. Really? Cause Archie was wearing like the yellow singlet and then Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing like a black muscle shirt and whatnot. He was German. Does that oh, help? Yeah, no, <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, he was getting ripped know. on for being German. That's why I threw it out there, just because like he owned it, right? And people are just like, "Are you German or something?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> 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 it was solid for what it was. Yeah, we we had we had fun that night. <laughs> I like I love the fact that his he's a a German wrestler, and his his name is Dennis the Menace. Like, was he? Was he aware of the like? Oh, there's your cat. Um, oh yeah, lurking. Is he aware of Dennis the Menace? Is like in, in popular culture in North America? Like, does he? Is he? Does he know about the 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 cartoon and like the, the movie with like Christopher Lloyd and stuff? Like, yeah, yeah, he knew what was up. Yeah, he's just like hell yeah, I'll be Dennis the Menace. And yeah, <laughs> I don't think he exactly acted that way, but he knew the gist of what he needed to do. And I think like he was just kind of egging people on and whatnot. And he's like, haha, I'm a menace. You know, so good enough. okay i'm just i'm trying trying to think now because like another like main character from from the 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 cartoon in the show was like his next door neighbor mr wilson was that like a part of it at all like did he oh my god it's funny that mr wilson while he was like getting promos or anything dude it's funny you bring that up because i was actually on my way to the venue and like i said this is my first match so buddy hit me up and like the promoter he's like hey uh so what's your ring name and i said it's tony novak and he's like, oh, okay, I was just going to put Tony Wilson because you were going to be Mr. <laughs> Wilson in the match. I'm like, he's like, he, he straight up said, it's a good thing you answered me when you did because you were going to be Tony Wilson. <laughs> I was like, thank God. <laughs> that that would have been my big debut as Mr. Wilson. That's fantastic. Was this, that Steve, was Steven uh, Stiles? Yes. Fucking Squig reached out to me. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, saved my ass that day, man. That texting while driving it helped. <laughs> like I just like, that's wild to me. Did did Lance Storm uh give this guy that gimmick or did he choose it for himself or No, it just it just worked out that way where was the, it tri- the, the, tri- idea? the triple threat was booked. All they knew that they had three brand spanking new guys and they're just like mm-hmm. one of them is named Dennis. Okay, and then they went went from there. That's all they needed to just start booking it, right? Just Dennis the Menace, slap Tony Wilson in there and then Archie is just Archie, right? Okay. <laughs> Cuz Archie was himself the- is a presence. Archie's Archie's like like a hell of a dude you know like just looking at him it's just he's good let's get gimmicks for these guys let's get tony wilson and dennis the menace in there does does archie and uh dennis the menace do they still wrestle archie wrestles out in texas and dennis is back in germany actually and uh he's 
on a hiatus. He just never really got going out there because it was kind of slim pickings for wrestling out there. Yeah, I mean, there's very famous uh, independent fed in Germany, WXW or whatnot, but that's the only federation I can think of out of Germany. So it might be a situation where they just don't have enough uh, room for for tennis to menace. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, not a lot I of feel bad. opportunities. <laughs> is there, there is there a story behind your ring name? Uh, with Tony Novak. So, <laughs> to, to anybody who watched like the old reality show of NXT, there's a dude named Jacob Novak. Nobody remembers was, who he is. Was he, was he a really tall guy, like really tall and lanky? Like no, that was a, that was a different guy. That was like Cottonwood okay. or whatever. Though. Oh, the okay. Fuck. Jacob Novak was this dude who wore like a diaper, kind of like the Bo Dallas look, and just kind of floundered didn't do much i always dug that name and then i've always wanted something with like the least amount of syllables so i yeah. had novak and then i was sitting on the name tony where i had a uh, a grandparent named tony but when he passed away when i was like eight my mom actually told me that he wasn't my like my blood relative we just kind of took him in as like my grandparent because he and i were so close and whatnot Fair and he was always very supportive of me you know he just Long story short, he's a dude that meant a lot to me. And so I chose the name Tony for him. And I actually, I, I, I do kind of feel bad I never asked about it, but uh, he was from a different reserve. You know, like I'm First Nations, I'm from around here. He's actually from way up north. And again, it just didn't come up, but I actually, six months in, I got invited to go do a wrestling tour up north. We went to Turner Lake, Lalash, and Buffalo Narrows. Oh, okay. And my mom called me when I was at, at the first show and she asked, where are you going tomorrow? I said, Buffalo Narrows. And she said, you know, Tony's buried out there. So when I went to Buffalo Narrows, I got to go visit his grave. Oh, solid. So I chose his name for my wrestling name and then wrestling brought me to his grave. And uh, how, how did you enjoy wrestling up north? It was very different, but it was also very easy for lack of a better term okay you know like we go out there we do our thing right we smack each other around and whatnot but then these the kids they loved it it just feels like like growing growing up on reserve myself like here and there like you you just get that feeling of there's nothing to do nowhere to go nothing to see you know you kind of get just kind of eager to go somewhere and experience something you know people just go to the high school play some basketball but that's it right yeah so when wrestling came to the reserves up north, they loved it. Yeah. You know, like whole, like just it felt like a rock star, man. Just like like fifty people, but they're going freaking ape shit, right? Was those? Did you go on the with uh, Tony Candelo? I did not actually. I never really uh, got a hold of him, but that was actually oh, with okay. Ringside Wrestling. Ringside is where I got my start with uh, Joey Vendetta. He uh, booked me out there. Oh, okay. I didn't know he had done uh, like Northern tours. That was with uh, Keith Suchuk, uh, who who also wrestles as Crazy Horse. He's the one who helped uh, get that in motion out there. Okay, so huge, huge credit to him. You know, name. Keith is yeah. one of the coolest guys. <laughs> is did he uh, uh, pass away? Thankfully, no. <laughs> okay, he, uh, I, I must be thinking of somebody else. Okay, maybe I saw an announcement about his retirement, and 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 thought it was an announcement. Thankfully, he, he he's still around. Yeah. Now that it's you know four years later, but I've heard his name uh, come up. Anyway, uh, 
Hoo-wee. Uh So um, were all those northern uh, dates in Saskatchewan or uh, like because you've obviously you've wrestled in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Have you wrestled in any other uh, Canadian provinces or? I've been to Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan. That's it so far. I've had some opportunities to go to like North Dakota with Danny. But um, oh, just okay. like passport situations never really lined up, you know, just getting that taken care of and then COVID and stuff. So everything was just slowed down. So I never really got to capitalize on that, you know, but yeah, did you go out to because uh, I mean, when you say with Danny that, that are you talk, you're talking about Danny Duggan from uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite? Yes. Sorry. Danny Duggan okay. with CWE, who's very notorious for traveling everywhere. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Every, every chance he gets. He's, yeah. Danny, like. You know, the, like the one thing I will like tell anybody that asks about him is like Danny gives opportunities like crazy, you know, like anybody who's just getting started, talk to Danny, he'll get you going, he'll teach you, you know, he'll put you in very opportune situations to learn. Like yeah. six months in, I got to uh, fight Chase Owens, came oh, okay. down from New Japan, I fought him in Prince Albert, you know, and, you know, Danny didn't have to do that. But Danny is a guy who promotes new people learning. You know, he promotes the future, you know, because then yeah. Danny knows what it's like, right? You know, just starting out. So I'll always be in debt to Danny for that. And I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, like Danny just kind of taking everyone in, right? Like just kind of, it's not clicky that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's like every time I'm on a CWE show, it's like a completely different roster. Like it's. You know, it's not like, oh, it's the same, you know, old guy, like couple of guys and then and then, you know, a revolving door of like three or four other guys. Right. No, it's 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 kind of the opposite. Like he, Danny's at every show and usually Sean Martins is there. Usually AJ Sanchez is there. Uh, but even I've been to shows that Danny wasn't at because of he moved to uh, America for a while there and, and stuff. So it's like it every every cwe show is always a completely different locker room and i think that, that that's kind of uh cool never knowing what to expect yeah that's what i really dig about it too mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh i just actually fin- finished um doing some some matches with cwe last week oh that was just last week uh yeah um medicine hat and then calgary oh yeah i also ring announced and worked the music in calgary Dang, there's multiple yeah. hats. Eh? I was kind of like hiding, like the ring announcing was done from backstage. So this is the first time I've ever ring announced and wrestled and did the music on a show. But uh, it was it was a worthy experience, you know. Give, Played give yourself course, to the ring and announced yourself skills. to the ring. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, because now making his way to the ring, the Canadian goose. And then I walk out through the curtain yeah. and be like, yeah. Here yeah. I come. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like I, I tried to just pretend it wasn't me, but yeah. Nice. It, it, <laughs> then we immediately got in the ring and did promos, and so who, people could have told if if they could keen enough. But nice, you know, I dig it. How it goes. Yeah. Oh, real uh, quick, you recently uh, uh, wrestled for CWE. Sorry, go go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, just before we move on from the Northern tour, when you're asking how the that crowd was, like mm-hmm. they were so like just jazzed to meet us. So it actually led to a very unique situation. And I was like, this is something I'll never forget. Where um, we were turning down the ring and this kid came back with 20 bucks because he wanted to buy a shirt. But we already put everything away, right? And he's like, oh, man, I wanted to buy a shirt. And I was wearing my shirt. And mm-hmm. I was like, do you want mine? He's like, yeah. So 
I took it off. I put it over my shoulder and I stepped away from him. And just like me and Joe, I was like, hey, kid, catch. (laughs) 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 Made him happy, made me happy. I'll never forget that tour for that reason. Obviously, you know, the gravesite is, you know, a whole different end of it. But that mean Joe moment, I could have retired right then. Pardon me. It's like the <laughs> scene where uh, Bret Hart is walking down the hallway and the kid goes, hey, Bret. And then like zooms in and <laughs> Bret Hart just the kid, the sunglasses. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was That's peak. A... That was peak. <laughs> Some great stuff. Um, I know, like, uh, I heard, because while I was uh, out there with the CWE boys, they were telling me that you were just uh, involved in uh, one of their big shows at one of the music festivals out in Saskatchewan. How did that go? That was very... Man, I have some bad things to say about it, but I have some great things to say about it. But I think just because, like, I have so many feelings about it, it's all good. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. Where it's like, it's just... I was on constantly. I'm either frustrated about something or I'm excited about something. I'm laughing about something like the only bad thing I'll say is like just the weather. Right. And then given the circumstance, we had to set up and tear down the ring each day, three days. Oh, Really? Yeah. Cause like we were in the beer gardens and the ring was outside. So we didn't want drunk people getting in the ring. Fair so we enough. set yeah. up, tear down every day, searing hot. I got weird tan lines from my tank top that I was wearing while we were doing that. So, but yeah, just the searing heat was a pain in the ass, but Craven was so much fun, man. Cause like the crowd was like non-regular wrestling fans. So they were kind of figuring out as we went, right. we're kind of like spoon feeding them, you know, like I hate you. And then other guys are like, Hey, I love you. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was really unique to me. I think, you know, where, um, just kind of not knowing what to expect. Like someone like AJ Sanchez, great example where he knows how different crowds are going to be. Right. So he just kind of does his thing. He knows like, like he knows who he is in front of any crowd. Right. But with me, mm-hmm. I think I just kind of like rocket you, Tony Novak. The, when there's like a known wrestling crowd, like I know how to be in my own skin. Right. Like I know who Tony Novak is and I know how to project who he is, but to, a brand new crowd and they're looking at me and it's not, you know, the wrestler, Tony Novak, it's just some guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So just kind of trying to project that way and kind of like spoon feed to them who Tony Novak is, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, it was very unique to me, but it was also a very good learning experience. But I also just, I just had fun out there where I so wasn't like a challenge for you. Very much so. Yeah. Like head is on a swivel, right. Where I'm trying to, understand what's going on i'm trying to read the room trying to be self-aware right i didn't want to like do the same thing that i always do and just be like this is how it is but then just be like if the crowd isn't digging that like what else can i do to show them who tony novak is you know yeah it was really tricky the first couple days not gonna lie but then i think by the third day they understood what we were doing right yeah so so then when i went out there and i gave them that tony novak energy that i always do they knew what I was trying to do and why I was doing what I was doing. Right. And then that's when they started getting behind me. So okay. I think that's why I have so much good things to say about that is just because by the end of it, I just figured out how to be Tony Novak in front of that kind of crowd. 
I see. I, I love wrestling in front of a fresh audience that's never seen me before, but I, I'm in a kind of a different situation. Like as soon as they hear it's the Canadian goose, they're their people are pretty much like, okay, I get the idea. And they're either on board or they're not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and usually they are. Cause it's, it's kind of like a fun type type thing. Your um, ratio is very, very good. And I, I, I envy you. I mean, uh, unless if I'm playing the heel, then then you know, then I have to work for it a little bit more because you know, when your first name is Canadian and you're coming out in Canada, then you're trying to get booed. It's like, it can be challenging, but it's not that. It, it's yeah, that's fun. a hell of a handicap to go into. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I still like I have a, I have a great time. I see. I like to uh, I like doing the promos more as a heel than I like doing promos as a baby face but i i like to do the i like the in-ring promos as a baby face whereas the like build up like if i'm at home and i'm using my projector or whatever and i'm filming my own promos i'd i'd much rather be a heel in that situation yeah yeah i could see that do you do you do a lot of uh, promos and stuff i don't mean to pat myself on the back but when i get booked with cwe i try to make a point of uh shooting promos because like i'm like with me i think when i'm in the ring you can't you can't picture what my voice sounds like and i feel like that's something that i keep in mind with myself you know where i try to get these promos out there and then whatever i say in the promo i try to embody that in the match right like when i like someone like sean martins kevin o'doyle when myself and my partner tyler adams were booked against them i shot a promo and i said everything i could to let people know that I believed that Tyler and I could beat them. And then when we got in the ring, Tyler and I gave them everything that we had. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just, it, it gives me a start off point, you know, where like the match has begun days before the bell even rings. I cut the promo and I try to picture in my head what we're going to try accomplish, you know, like me and Tyler Adams, you know, easy story. We're underdogs. And that's what I tell people. And then we get in the ring. That's what I show them. So with promos, they, like they're essential to me, you know? And as soon as I know what the card is, I picture in my head what, like, like what somebody sees when they see that card, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like me against Danny, I was booked against Danny last summer. And the first thing I thought was like, it looks like Danny's going to kill that kid. So in the promo, I was explaining where it's not just, Hey, I'm going to show up and fight Danny. Where it's like, I need to beat Danny at the time. Like, man, mm -hmm. Like it, it, COVID obviously was a pain in the ass for everybody, you know, and then I was in a really bad place at that time, you know, personal stuff, you know, like mental stuff, physical stuff. Like, man, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready for Danny, you know, okay. like I, I can honestly say that as soon as I was booked against Danny, the first thing I thought was like, I'm not ready for this, but given what I have, you know, like I need to just, go at Danny with, with what I have, which at the time wasn't much. And I straight up said that in the promo where it's like, I'm in a desperate place, but if I beat Danny, it'll turn everything around. And I said that. And then unfortunately I didn't get to fight Danny cause he was hurt. And then circles back. It was Rex Roberts that I fought. Okay. Yeah. Just, uh, I know that when you say circles back, it was Rex Roberts. We talked about Rex Roberts, uh, in the last one, the, the other recorded we had to did. So if let's, uh, bring the people up to speed on, uh, who Rex Roberts is and, and okay. he's important. So story. long story short, Rex Roberts is a Saskatchewan wrestling legend. He's been around for so many years and he's fought 
like any former WWE superstar, any big time indie star that's come around here, Rex has gotten his hands on them because Rex can hang with anybody. Okay. And that, and that's why when I fought him last year, that's kind of like what I was hoping for because so when I started and I was reaching out to local uh, promotions and whatnot, high impact wrestling, Rex Roberts was the guy to talk to. And I tried to get in with him. I don't know if like me sending him my stats. Oh, he's too small. Maybe I just won't even answer him. Whatever the situation was, I first talked to Rex when I first tried to get into wrestling. I didn't hear back from him. You know, okay. it just it, it just kind of works out that way, right? I don't think it was vindictive or whatever. It, yeah, know, just, no. What, whatever happened, happened. I trained with Lance. I ended up meeting Rex, and he ended up taking me under his wing, which was a good time because, like I say, he was a legend. Like, he he knows what he's doing. But then this time around when he replaced Danny on the tour and I had to fight Rex, he just felt like he, had, he needed to teach me a lesson. You know what I mean? Was this when Danny had his uh, torn quad? I believe so. Yeah, it oh, was okay. his quad. Yeah. yeah. So I was supposed to fight Danny. And like I said, I was in a desperate place where I felt like I needed to beat Danny to turn everything around. Right. <laughs> then I ended up fighting Rex and, you know, there were some underhanded uh, shenanigans in there and I ended up losing the match to Rex. But when I talked to Danny afterwards, he like just, he respected me for that. And I think when I cut the promo about fighting Danny and giving it everything I had and whatnot, I feel like I accomplished that without even getting in the ring with Danny because I showed Danny, you know, and then yeah. ever since then, here we are a year, a year later, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm where I was before COVID, like physically, mm-hmm. mentally, and, you know, as you see, I'm, I'm taking bookings further out, going to Lloyd Minister, I'm going to Outlook, I'm going to Warman, you know, and I'm trying to get back to where I was and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, just focus on wrestling, trying to enjoy wrestling again. And then even meeting new people like you, I feel like, you know, there's more people to meet, more experiences to have. And, you know, I'm really optimistic about it. Yeah, you do meet a lot of uh, interesting and cool people. Um, you talk a lot about this big match that you had built up for, to, to go against Danny. Uh, is is that on the docket for any time in the future? Very much so, yeah. Danny is a guy I have wrestled him once. That was back in twenty nine, early 2019. And I really think that that match was the start of like me believing I can hang, you know? Here, okay. uh, instead of getting into a long-winded story, I'm going to give you, like, bullet points, okay? Sure. So, 2018, like, I started in 2016. 2018, I reset completely, where I left ringside, and then I went to high impact, and I was just, I was recovering from injuries, and I was kind of just, felt like I was in over my head, and I had a crap year. 2018 was the worst year in my wrestling career, where yeah. I just, I floated I did nothing. I had no ambition. I didn't travel anywhere. It was just Saskatoon and Regina. That's it. I did that to myself, you know, where I put that limit on myself where I was going to be wrestling the same dudes over and over and I wasn't going to get better. But in 2019, I drove to Winnipeg because I had a chance to fight Danny. And Danny was that match where I hung in there with him. Like, you know, you've been in the ring with Danny. Danny, you know, makes you work for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, when he hits you, he freaking hits you, you know? So when I got in the ring with him and I and I hung in there with him, that's where I thought, maybe I'm better than I give myself credit for. And then that's when I started venturing out, started traveling more, started wrestling new guys, and then I worked my way up the card in HIW. 
So it was kind of like a, you know, um, like a comeback story almost just because like, I just kind of let myself get to the worst place in my career. And then I worked my way up. And I, again, like I said before, I credit a lot of things to Danny, you know, just having Danny around, whether he's kicking your ass, whether he's giving you words of encouragement, he's a guy who just makes everybody better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think I've wrestled Danny now, like, I don't know, almost 10 times. I've had at least like six or eight, like one-on-one matches with him. It's, it's kind of crazy actually. Breaking double digits. eh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, but uh, again, always a tremendous learning experience and whatnot. Uh, who are uh, some of the other people that you uh, have had the opportunity to wrestle and who are maybe some of the people that have like, that you take influence from. So like when you're putting together your matches and stuff, like who are some people that you look to for like, okay, the, I kind of like to use some of these guys as mannerisms or maneuvers or whatnot. Um, well, my all time favorite wrestler is Matt Hardy. And I don't okay. think, I, I don't think I've ever actually told you the story, but um. Real quick, I have his logo tattooed on my arm. Oh, okay. Because, like, when I was a kid, when I saw Matt Hardy, so like you said, people that influence my matches. So mm-hmm. when I started watching, I was watching weekly, right? And I'm just seeing the same people come out and whatever and just kind of noticing things about people. And Matt Hardy in 2006, long story short, he lost a lot. <laughs> but what what I dug, 10-year-old me, I'm watching this. I'm watching this dude come out. He's losing very often. But he comes out with the exact same energy every single week. He comes out and he, you know, just does his thing. He doesn't let the losses change anything about him. So that's what I try to keep in mind. You know, like I said, 2018, I was just kind of phoning it in, just not really helping myself. But then 2019, you know, I, I lost, I won. It worked my way up, but I always consistently had the same energy because Matt Hardy made me believe every single week that he was going to win because that's what you saw when you saw him. You know, he believed he would win. So when I get in the ring, I make sure people know that I believe I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. Especially so, when you see see me standing across from someone like Danny, you think, oh, he's probably not going to win. But then you see in my face that I believe I'm going to win. So that's what I keep in mind. And I, Matt Hardy is my favorite for that. You know, just that's all it took for me to idolize him, you know. And then also, so this is what I wanted to tell you. When I was training at Lance's, I I tweeted Matt Hardy. Okay. And I gave him a quick little spiel about how he's been my favorite wrestler since I was 10. And I was working two jobs to put myself through Lance's school. And I asked if I could use the twist of fate as my finish. And I didn't want to use it without his blessing. He tweeted me back and he said, thank you for asking. You have my blessing. Lance is an excellent trainer. Good luck. Right on. So, yeah, I try to hit it every chance I get, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's That's a versatile move, too, because you can kind of, it's, it's like an RKO. You can do it out of nowhere, right? Oh, yeah. I tried to get it on AJ Sanchez, but I haven't really mastered hitting it on a huge guy yet. But eventually, eventually. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the, the trick is to just, like, get to get the ref out of the way so you can, you know, boot him right in the, in the gonads and he'll bend over real far for you. And then you can 
grab his head and go. I, I think that would help, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind next time I get to fight AJ Sanchez. Oh, yeah. AJ Sanchez has an incredible moonsault. I, I don't understand how the hell he does that, but, you know, like, he's a, he's a freak athlete, man. Yes, he, he tried to do it on me a couple of times, and I fortunately moved out of the way. Yeah, just wasn't having uh, it. Evident by the fact that I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I will not be a victim. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you actually, uh, did you not, were you doing a po- podcast a little while ago with uh, Maverick Jack? Oh, yes. That was uh, Time Out, where we were reviewing old episodes of Raw during the Attitude Era. That was 2020, summer 2020, when everyone was stuck at home. And okay. me and Travis were talking, me and Jack were talking and, you know, we, uh, you know, uh, coordinated, you know, all this stuff. And we're like, huh, this could be a podcast. <laughs> we just shot the shit and whatever. We're just like, huh, let's hit record, see what happens. <laughs> and and so how many, uh, how many episodes did you guys get into? I believe we got north of 10. And then uh, stuff came up with him where he was kind of like dealing with his own stuff, which I completely respected. And then. Kind of just fell off the rails, but then, but then, he got he had a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, so as you can imagine, him. podcast gets put on the back burner, and I'm more than happy with that because he yeah. is doing more important things. And you know, Jack, shout out to Jack. You know, freaking father of the year. Uh, more important things to do than watch old episodes of Monday Night Raw and then uh, re- review them online for your 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 uh, dozens of followers. Many episodes uh, in, that's what we're starting to think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was were you guys doing it with uh, Love Wrestling? Uh, yeah, the Spencer Love Network, correct? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're uh, appearing on right now. I wasn't uh, sure if it got rebranded or something. I think there was a hiatus or something at some point, right? Uh, well, I know for a while. Like, I don't mean to go in on to like the unofficial like history of Love Wrestling, but I know for a while they did that. Spencer was heavily involved in Win Column Sports network oh and, yeah, yeah and then uh that one kind of got uh shut down or whatnot and then yeah he started up this new one and and now they have love love wrestling where we have all these wonderful podcasts and they even have their own like uh pro wrestling uh shows and that's the uh last friday of every month uh down at the south edmonton uh rec room have you uh have you had the chance to see any of the footage or anything uh yes uh jack pride i have him like all over my social media and that guy is insanely active on social media thankfully so i'm very in the loop with that also ty jackson oh nice did you so watch the the match with uh jack pride and lumberjack larry and mojabari that triple threat yeah i saw like uh i saw like the start of it but not everything was posted yet from what i oh, saw okay. so i but did commentary I, on that match really yeah, it was the first uh, match I've done commentary on in, in many years. And it, I, I had a tremendous uh, good time. It was a lot of fun. Just so versatile, man. You're just all over the place. <laughs> I try to do dude. anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I'm here to help. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, contribute every which way, right? I dig it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love to do more commentary. I'd love to have, have more opportunities to do that, you know, and then um, – you know, anytime I'm injured, I always like uh, revel at the chance to do some like ring announcing or whatnot. Have you ever have you ever uh, done any of those other uh, roles besides wrestling on the actual wrestling show? Um, I've literally done nothing else. <laughs> I <laughs> Fair just enough. 
I show up, I fly around, and that's it. I don't, I don't get, I don't get to touch any of the expensive equipment. I don't think I'm trusted with that. And you yeah. know what? That, that's not what I'm trained to do. You know, like it's, it's whatever. Solid. <laughs> so you've never, you've never done like refereeing or. Um. Well, at Lance's, you know, he uh, taught us like the basic rules of wrestling. And it's like, you know, if need be, if you need to get your foot in the door, if you need to ref, here are the rules you need to know. Oh, stay okay. the stay the fuck out of the way, you know. <laughs> count like you mean it, et cetera, et cetera. You know. So I always had that in my back pocket, just never got to got to use it. And actually, when I started with HIW, I offered that, or I was like, "Can I do like a mm. guest referee spot or whatever?" And they're just like, "Ah, we need you in this triple threat match. Ah, we need you in the singles match." You know, like it just kind of worked out that way. But I ain't complaining. You know, I had a good time wrestling. It's just all the you know, for lack of a better term, uh, side jobs. I just never really got to get my feet wet, so to say. Fair enough. Like with I you, remember, was it I more, did. was it like ambitious on your end? Were you asking for that or were you just like filling in where you were needed? Uh, well, I mean, when I started, I started by like, you know, setting up, uh, chairs and stuff and then setting up the ring and putting up posters and that kind of stuff and then eventually i got to do like an in-ring interview and then for a long time there was nothing going on and then i moved to alberta and i was doing music like i was the guy that would hit your music before you walked out and then um uh squig was on his way to uh from calgary to edmonton or vice versa and i remember he was with jesse neal from tna Oh, yeah. And the car broke down right, right outside of Red Deer where I happened to live. And so Squig called me. And so I went and picked them up and helped them out with some shit. And we went out, part of my language, we went for lunch and whatnot. And Squig was like, so what are your ambitions? And I was like, well, I'd like to try anything. You know, I'd like to try ring announcing or refereeing or being a ringside manager or any of that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, like a couple of weeks later, uh, got a message from Squig. Hey, I need a ring announcer tonight. Would you be down to to do that for me and i was like yeah absolutely so then i became like rcw's like main ring announcer for like a while right and so i i, I then i eventually trained with andrew hawk but i was kind of only had enough training that I was only doing like really small out of town shows where I would, you know, basically just go out and, and get beat up or whatever. And then, yeah. uh, 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 but, but during that course of while that stuff was happening, I would, I would do other things like, um, uh, squig one night, one of the referees just got really upset and, and decided they were going to leave the building and, so we were left with uh, uh, not enough referees and Squig came to me after the second match. I had been ring announcing that night and was like, hey, would you mind refereeing for the rest of the show? And I was like, well, I've never refereed before. And he was like, well, you know the rules of wrestling. And I was like, okay, cool. And he tossed me a shirt and I went out and refereed and it, it all went fine. I mean, I wasn't the greatest referee in the world, but uh you know, I don't think anyone was like asking for their money back or anything. And yeah. And, yeah. And then, but the, I mean, and I, I am happy that I have those skills that I can, like, I can be an effective, uh, like I'm actually a, a, a good ring announcer and I'm a, I'm, I'm passable referee and yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a good uh, music guy and stuff. So like, I, I am a happy, I have all those uh, extra skills as well, but yeah, so like at any moment, Wrestling. someone can toss you a referee shirt, a ring announcer, blazer, your ring gear, and they say, here's your motivation, and then you're just down for whatever. Yeah, like there's, there's, 
I mean, I I feel like the more things you could do, the more reason there is that anyone would like there's no there's no reason not to have me on the show because like even if you don't need a wrestler maybe you need an announcer or a ref or somebody to work the music like uh you know and i have all that experience so hell yeah um i uh, i think it's just helps with your resume and whatnot you know hell yeah um, just being very handy that way that said, nobody is coming to the show to watch the uh, the the referees or the ring announcers or the you know the the, the sound guys. So like that's why the wrestling is always the most uh, uh, fulfilling. You know? Yeah, God forbid you see a dude with a notebook and a pen watching you, the referee, saying, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Yeah, and I, I, I would I wouldn't be impressed with that. I, I'd be like, why are you not? Why are you insulting these wrestlers who are out here busting their butt by, you know, commenting on the, the you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're like the only reason anyone should notice, like the the referee or the ring announcer, if anyone's like actively noticing, uh, what kind of a job you're doing. I mean, hopefully they're noticing, oh, you're doing a really good job just because they had low expectations. You're staying out of the way and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You're you're doing you're doing well is is something that hopefully they notice, but like more often than not, the only reason you would be noticed is if you've made some sort of horrible blunder. (laughs) You know? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Your your job is to put the, the onus on the wrestlers, like if you're ring announcing or whatever, right? Like oh yeah. I always say that the ring announcer has two jobs and that's uh convey information and get people hyped up to have a good time. And as long as you can do those two things effectively, you'll be pretty good as a ring announcer. Once you get the like basic timing down and stuff, you know? Oh yeah. And as far as like working other shows and whatnot, I don't think I've asked you this yet. Have you worked for Claude yet? Best entertainment wrestling? I am one of the first uh, BEW tag team champions of all time. Really? I, yes. Yes. Uh, See, I'm I, not a stati- I, statistics guy, and I'm, I apologize I for that. Held the BEW tag team championships. Uh, I won the belts, and then they were uh, stripped. <laughs> they, 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 Claude stripped me and my tag team partner of the belts, and it it was not my fault. I'll Dang. say that nothing's uh, easy in wrestling. Eh? Yeah. No, it was uh, <laughs> me and Will the Thrill uh, defeated Steven Styles. Uh, for those belts in a handicap match, it was supposed to be me and Will against Matt Hart and uh, and and Steven, but Matt Hart uh, uh, was unable to come, and uh, boy, I kind of envy him to be honest because it was a, it was a, it was a rough night that one. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say because uh, Bew just just started working for them, and you know. I really dig it. I, I would like to work for them again, for sure. And I mean, I'd even be happy to to go after the uh, BEW Tag Team Championships, uh, but I would need to find a uh, a new tag team partner. I would, you know, whore myself out to you, but unfortunately, Tyler Adams, we're like Velcro monkeys, we're attached at the hip, so I'll probably see you, see you in the ring at some point. Uh, uh, okay, well, uh, all right. I'll, I'll wrestle you and Tyler Adams. I like Tyler Adams. He's a good guy. I met Tyler Adams on uh, the tour of Saskatchewan I did there. Right um, on, right on. Danny. And I, I actually, yeah, I thought uh, uh, Tyler Adams, he was a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. once you get in the ring with him, because actually I, I got to wrestle him twice in Prince Albert in the last year. 
And man, you know, like for, for a nice guy, a soft-spoken guy, he hits freaking hard, man. Yeah. Did he show you uh, all that cool, uh, his new gear he has uh, designed and stuff and his, his new uh, persona that he's working on? The concepts? Yeah, I've, I've seen those, man. Yeah. The work he's put into that, I, I, you know, I commend him for that. Yeah, no, I I think that's gonna that's gonna do him well. He's gonna he's gonna stand out more, which I I always like, you know. Very um, much so. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about wrestling is uh, I really like the characters that kind of stand out, you know. See, and that's the thing, man. Like you, uh, I've been around longer than you, but I feel like you're making just as big, if not a bigger impact than I, just because of your huge personality, man. And I really admire you for that. And I think I told you that before, like when I first met you. I heard about you. I knew exactly who you were before I even <laughs> met you just because like everyone's talking about the goose, man. Every the goose is everywhere, getting booked everywhere and he's lighting up crowds here and there and you know what, man? Like people like you just make me want to do better in that department because, you know, like I said, I I wrestle, I fly, I do my best, right? I get beat up and I keep coming back. But I just feel like I don't capture the imagination the way someone like you does. You know, so meeting you, talking to you and just really understanding the different mindset, right? Because like I said, I have mine and, you know, could work on other things, et cetera, et cetera. But talking to people like you, it just, you know, it like, it doesn't make me like feel bad about myself. It's just, I think about what I need to work on, you know? So like, you know, that that's fair. And that's definitely like a two way street. Like I, I look at a lot of wrestlers and realize that there's shortcomings that I have as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For sure. Um, but I, I do appreciate anytime anyone has nice things to say about me. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, I got plenty. Got plenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, buddy, I think we are going to have to, uh, uh, we're going to have to uh, start to wrap this up here because I actually have to uh, um, go make an appointment today and whatnot. But I want to thank you very much for uh, coming and, and being a part of the show. Uh, uh, so, yeah but for sure i was you. happy Thank to do it much. man 100 <laughs> percent. and if you do know anyone else that would like to uh that that's involved in professional wrestling out there in saskatchewan that would like to jump on here and do one of these with me just uh let them know to to dm me or whatnot you know and that goes out to do to the rest of the uh viewing audience if you're in the wrestling business and you'd like to come and do an episode of monday shaw get at me and we'll set something up have some pleasant conversation man i'm gonna be spreading the word like crazy <laughs> yeah see like that's the thing that I, I i like about this one this one like monday night shaw is a little bit different than some of the interviews that like spencer does because he does like a whole boatload of uh research and stuff and he's very good at uh his job and whatnot but me i'm very much like oh yeah i'm gonna turn on a camera and we're gonna wing it for 45 yeah. minutes <laughs> you know so oh, yeah i uh i'm i'm glad you came on here and did that uh with me i hope i didn't ramble on too much about myself but eh, it's whatever man like we, i think we only got to meet each other the one time so this is a really you know good opportunity for us to like get to know each other you know just really speed up the process so i appreciate yeah. that you really you know like greenlit that you know like because like i said you're a dude I, I really enjoy talking to just because like picking your brain whether you know it or not i'm picking it, your brain it is this wild thing because like you say we've only met once but i like it feels like i've known you for a long time like before that but it may just be that i'm like mutual friends with people that you're like you know like me and cameron go way back cameron probably he's been on monday night shaw more than anyone else like he's he's been on the podcast like five or six times for sure but uh anyway 
Tony Novak, I want to thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, let the people know where they can get a hold of you uh, if if they would like to uh, book you, how how you can be reached and whatnot. Uh, I do have an email, uh, book book Tony Novak at gmail.com. I am on Twitter, but I don't use it much. But you know, it's at uh, Rocket Shoe Novak, and then I got my Facebook page, which I use very often. It's uh, at Rocket Shoe Tony Novak. Solid, solid, awesome, possum, and uh, I I will see. Uh, no promises if we can uh, get that information edited so that it like appears below your name nope. when you're saying all that stuff and whatnot. All uh, good, man. All good. Anyway, uh, thank you. Thanks again for uh, coming on the show, and uh, I will uh, talk to each and every one of you all again uh, in two weeks. <laughs>